All right. How many of you guys like a good mystery? Who's into, who likes, you know, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of fantastic mysteries lately, but it seems like in the years past there are these great mysteries, and, and you're always trying to figure out, um, you know, who done it? And uh, you know, who's the criminal? And, and the best are the ones where at the very end you just go, oh, I didn't see that. I was totally convinced it was this person. And the storyline is constantly giving you clues and leading you in a different direction as far as who the bad guy is. And, you know, often it's that wolf in sheep's clothing in the end that, you know, the grandma that is the one who poisoned so-and-so, you know. And uh, we live a life on a, on a regular basis here in our culture where we're always having to try to figure out Who's telling the truth? And, 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 and who's right and who's wrong? I want to point you to a scripture. If you have your Bibles, uh, open to Matthew 24. And uh, I'm going to take you to Matthew 24, first uh, verse 24. Now, Matthew 24, 24, uh, this is uh, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples uh, from the Mount of Olives, looking across the valley at the temple. Uh, this is the second temple, this big, ornate, uh, monumental uh, building with its marble and all of these beautiful things. And, and the, the, the disciples come to him and ask him, Jesus, you know, what's going to be the sign of your coming and the last days. And in the context there, he says, in speaking of the last days, he says in 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. That last, that last verse is incredibly important to me. See, I have told you beforehand. We're living in this mystery, and this mystery of life, this, this big question, the, the questions of, what, does God exist? Uh, what's right? What's wrong? What's moral? What's, what's, what's not? What's ethical? Um, and we'll be getting into some of that today. And some of the deception that we, we come across on a regular basis is right, it's in your hands right here. It's on the computer, it's the internet. I, I mean, we all know, you, you go and you sit in a restaurant and you say, everyone's got their phones out. We're all constantly on the internet. Uh, there's a gentleman, I was at, a, I was at a, a dinner event and this gentleman named Dr. Uh, Robert Epstein, um, he's a gentleman who uh, is a, uh, a, a self-proclaimed liberal uh, that he is uh, this, psych I think he's a sci psychologist and, and behavioral scientist. So he studied Google and, and learned that there's this, there's this effect that Google has on people. And, and he called it, it's an ephemeral effect. Now what is ephemeral? Well, he argues that Google uses ephemeral content to manipulate masses through search engines. Ephemeral means something that's, that's fleeting, very temporary, very short. And, and they use Google, among others, use search engine results for manipulation. Now, that's not necessarily something that is, you know, is so shocking, right? You know sometimes when you, you search for uh, something about one particular candidate not pop something great about the other candidate you know things of that nature the only thing that pops up about this candidate is negative bad the things that pop up about this candidate is good etc so this ephemeral content uh, is used against the masses and and often it's this subliminal effect on us that unless you are aware you're you're going to be confused you're going to be persuaded often, and even the elect would be confused and deceived. 
Now, when, uh, when looking at the ephemeral content, uh, Robert Epstein came out and he published this information. And a few weeks later, his wife died in a, in a single car, car accident, ran into a tree, something, or ran off the road, and she died. And one of his quotes thereafter was, yeah, just kind of a mocking, yeah, it was an accident. Because he really saw, no, this is not an accident. And ultimately, we really are up against powers and principalities, powers of the world, principalities of darkness. You know, one of the cases that I'm presently defending is uh, this case with the Hunter Biden laptop. And I represent, we as an organization represent a gentleman named uh, Garrett uh, Ziegler. And he published, my, uh, published this laptop that you had, before the election of 2020, you had some 50 uh, former government uh, top secret uh, individuals, CIA leaders, et cetera, et cetera, coming out saying, oh, it's Russian disinformation. And they lied to us. And the reality of it was, was that this laptop was actually true. It was present, it, it existed. And it had lots of content on it, and does have lots of content. And you can go to the go to Marco Polo's website. You can actually look all of the things up, and you can actually search through emails and things of that nature. Well, our client's being sued. Why? Because he's exposing, and has exposed all of this information publicly, made it publicly available to you all. And uh, so he's being sued. But again, you would just—it's this constant battle for, to get the truth out, even. Um, when it and and more often it's about the truth being censored. Uh, I want to I want to take you to First uh, First uh, Timothy four one through three. When looking at First Timothy four one through three, it says uh, one. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and uh, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 1 through 3 really is this uh, scripture that's just telling us ahead of time. Jesus, like he said, see, I, I, I'm telling you beforehand, be aware, be prepared, because there are some that are going to come with the... Uh, uh, with this, with hypocrisy, uh, speaking uh, doctrines of demons, these deceiving spirits out in the world. And we have to be prepared and, and ready. Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Romans 6.18, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Consider these scriptures as our warning. Uh, as we live, what we seem, what, what really I believe, I know my parents said that this, these are the last days, and, uh, and here we are, uh, now I'm saying it. My parents have passed away, and uh, but the the. No one can uh, deny that uh, the, the longer we live, the closer we get to the last days. And so uh, be prepared. With uh, these doctrines that are coming our way, it's, uh, it's hard because they're deceiving. And you're trying to figure out what the truth is. Let, let me jump back if you still have Matthew 24 open. Uh, let's go there. Um, G, uh, then Jesus went out, in verse 1, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? First question. Second, and what will be the sign of your coming? Third, and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, 
saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Now, let me jump to uh, verse 24, uh, excuse me, to verse 10. It says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will go cold. So Jesus tells us, he warns us ahead of time of the things that uh, we're going to face in the end times. So, you know, uh, one of the things that just kind of drove me crazy uh, last year, the year before, you know, there's this advertisement that pops up and it says, love is love, right? Uh, isn't that a great statement? Tickles your ears, you know, uh, what is love? That's stupid, right? Love is love. Uh, it's like uh, Bob is Bob, you know? I, I, what does it mean? It means nothing. The chair is a chair. Um, but they use this deception and, and this heart, and, and it's so, you know, shouldn't we be allowed to, ma to marry the person we love? The, the, this concept of, you know, in that, when I was arguing these cases in the, in the uh, California courts, uh, in the federal courts about same-sex marriage and argument, well, you should be able to love anybody that you love. Well, you, you, what if you love your child? You can't marry your child. I love my dog. I can't marry my dog. Marriage isn't based upon love, and love doesn't take us where uh, God wants in terms of uh, the, the concept. I mean, marriage is a, a biblical religious tradition that, that is this concept that as, as uh, Christ came for his bride, the church, and it emphasizes this relationship. Um, the Bible uses a few different words for love. Uh, agape. Agape is distinctively used within Christianity. Uh, Christian uh, love has God for its primary object and expresses itself, first of all, in implicit obedience, excuse me, implicit obedience to his commandments. It describes Christian love, whether exercised toward the brethren or toward men generally. It, it's not an impulse from feelings. And, but that's what the world wants to tell you. It's feelings. It's your impulse. It does not always run with the natural inclinations, nor does it spend itself uh, only upon those for whom some affinity is discovered. Love seeks the welfare of all. And then there's another love called phileo, which is, uh, it can be distinguished from the agape love in that phileo more nearly represents tender affection. Well, in our culture, love is love. It's so ignorant. Uh, Colossians 2.8 speaks and says, rather than holding to a real definition uh, of love, uh, this is a hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on cultural misappropriation, relies on evil spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. In referencing Colossians 2.8, it's this the fact that it's this hollow and deceptive philosophy. Uh, but we've been warned of the deception, and it comes from these deceiving spirits, just as, as it says. Uh, when you go back, take a look at uh, Matthew 24, 12, and how accurate the scripture describes the days that we're in. And I'm going to take you back in a little bit of a study here. So it says, because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold. Let's focus on that. Lawlessness, it's not simply running a stop sign. It's not, uh, you know, going out and, and doing something wrong according to law. But what it really is, it's the, the flagrant defiance of the known will of God. It's, it's, it's labeled iniquity back in the Greek. The flagrant defiance of the will of God. Well... What does it reference when it says grow cold? Well, this references the fact that many's, many people's love, this agape love for, for others, this charitable love for others, a true sense of caring about the good of others, it's going to grow cold. It's going to wax cold, as it says in some, uh, in some of the scriptural interpretations. And 
the willingness to continue doing the obedience of God is going to wane or die off. So what is that saying in the last days? There's going to be this flagrant disobedience to what God calls righteous and true. What happens when you're, when you're confronting the culture yourself? Uh, there's, there's a number of different options that we can look at some of these things, things that are going on in our own lives, our families, whatever, the culture. Uh, and, and truth is completely being uh, stolen. Is, is, well, it can't be stolen, but, it is, but it's trying to... Uh, the truth is, is being covered up by the deception. So what happens? Do you ignore it? Bury your head in the sand? Do you avoid it? Uh, worse, do you approve it? Romans chapter 1 speaks condemnation of those who approve uh, ideas in, in today's culture that, is, that, that go against God's word. Are you ignorant or are you just indifferent? And you say, that's ah, not for me. Well, one of the things that we're hoping today is that uh, as congregants, that you will, you'll come, there's a luncheon that's going to be coming up after this service. Uh, my friends Gina Gleason and Karen England are going to be here. I'm going to be asking them some questions in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about ways as well, uh, not just about, oh, here's all the problems, but ways that you can engage, especially this afternoon, how you individually can engage, how you can come and participate in the, in the church's venue that gives you this opportunity to find ways to engage the culture in order to confront the culture with truth. How many of you have heard the term gaslighting? Okay. How many of you actually know what it means? Seriously. Gaslighting, and I say that because it wasn't long ago that I was like talking to some, what is gaslighting anyway? I, you know, it's, it's being thrown out and out there recently. It's kind of this new term. In 2022, Webster Dictionary named it the word of the year because it's kind of this new thing. And it comes from this uh, old movie where a, a husband would dim the gaslights from some movie from the 1930s or 40s. In, and he was just playing psychological games with his wife to convince her that things were not what she thought they were. And, you know, all the, something to the effect of, oh, the gas lights are dimming or have dimmed. And he says, uh, no, they haven't. And so that's what, where the term gaslighting comes from. And gaslighting is, comes straight out of Isaiah 520. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Uh, consider some examples right now that we live in the culture where you see this deception, i.e. gaslighting. Uh, I don't know how many times, you, you know, it's been out there. Israel supports terrorism because of its war on Hamas terrorists who murdered over 1,400 people on October 7, 2023. Uh, California laws are being passed to call a parent an abuser who denies transgender medical transition for Children, uh, Christians are described as immoral by the same people who deny the existence of God. So how do they have any belief or reason to actually think there is such a thing as morals? Uh, Christians are racist, though we the church make up every race, nation, and tribe around the world. We, 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 we share the gospel regardless of race? How about Christians are hateful, though the church contributes more to charitable causes than any other group? Christians are labeled intolerant by the same groups that espouse intolerance and hate for everyone who disagrees with them, right? I mean, if that's not gaslighting, I do not know what is. Christians opposed to abortion want to enslave women. They want to, they want to suppress them and keep them barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Although the Bible instills the most reverence for women and demands husbands to love their wives. The Bible supports slavery. When it was the biblical teaching and evangelical conversion of, 
uh, William Wilberforce that led him and the abolitional movement, abolitionist movement. A gaslight is the epitome of speaking lies and hypocrisy and described in 1 Timothy 4. Consider that just 2022, just recently, that this word was named the word of the year and that so many of us here have heard the word but don't necessarily know what it means and 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 I included until recent that I really began to study what it means. Um, <clears throat> consider this. Uh, you need an abortion? California is ready to help. Now, look what, it, look what the scripture verse is underneath this. Now, by the way, background, this is our governor, Gavin Newsom, advertising in Texas on a billboard paid for by his campaign to say, California is ready to help if you need an abortion. Why? Because other states are restricting abortions to some degree. But worst, what he puts underneath this ad is he uses scripture. And he says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these for abortion. What crazy deception are we, are we looking at? You know, uh, how about the golden rule? The golden rule is that love your neighbor as yourself. And um, it's, it's frankly used by the left to justify almost all sexual deviancy, same-sex marriage, climate change regulation, abortion, among others. The golden rule. Confucius uh, came up with it some 500 years before Christ was even on earth. And, and other, other religions and other faiths have had some, something of comparison. Um, but Jesus' statement comes directly from Leviticus 19.15. Uh, and and, and it's, it's designated as one of the two great commandments. Uh, in, in Matthew 22.39, Jesus says, you know, he's asked, you know, what are the great commandments? And he says, uh, there's two. One is love your God with all your heart. Two is love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus, uh, 19, and he, he pulls that really coming back from Leviticus 19.17. Uh, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So for those who come back and they say, well, wait a minute. Love your neighbor. We should embrace and accept whatever anyone comes to us, and, and we're going to be completely tolerant and just accept everything. But scripturally, what the golden rule says and is backed by in Leviticus 19.15, in righteousness you shall do no injustice in judgment. This is just before the golden rule as established in Leviticus 19.70. You shall not be partial to the poor nor honor the person of, of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. Now, I'm not telling you to go around and judge your neighbor all the time and condemn you and this and that. But the reality of it is, is that what is real love? Real love is not sitting back and simply saying, oh, go about doing whatever you're going to do. Child, go ahead and play in the street uh, at traffic time. No, you're telling your child, come in from the street. We're going to protect you. Why? Because I love you. It's not that I don't want you to have fun. It's that I love you. So, California. I shared this with you a number of years ago. Gender was redefined, uh, Senate Bill 777. Uh, and it basically, it basically redefined gender so that you can be whatever you want to be. It said, it first it started in public schools to, re to redefine gender and gender expression. And they said it means a, gender, a person's gender-related appearance and behavior, whether or not stereotypically associated with a person's sex at birth. And that was for California public schools. That was, that has now been added to all state law and is applicable to the entire state, whether it's adults or young children. But some of these things that we see, we have to be able to go back and look at the truth, right? It, it, can you sit back and say, the schools are gonna tell you all day long right now, whether it's high school, whether, whether it's preschool, elementary, uh, you know, any public entity, the colleges, they're sitting here trying to tell you, well, wait a minute, 
biological sex is different than your gender identity or different than gender. And you can have all sorts of genders. Well, that's not what God said. In Genesis 1, 26 through 27, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. I don't think God would appreciate me telling God, guess what, God, um, you can choose your gender. Go ahead. Um, and, and, and Genesis 27, uh, 20, uh, 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. It's so clear in Scripture, and there's so many other Scriptures that you could go rely on uh, to establish and understand what real truth is. But no, our, our schools in, uh, in this one, uh, this one is... Uh, kindergarten through third grade. Kindergarten through third grade. It's one of the recommended books in in the school curriculum. Uh, it's called the California Healthy Framework, and this one says some people say there are only two genders, but really there are many. Uh, but there are really many genders. A few words people use: transgender, queer, non-binary, gender fluid, uh, two spirit. Okay, let me ask you this question. How many of you understand what the definition of two-spirit is? Or have you, have you heard of it? But, but you know your third grader might. Your, 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 uh, your kindergartner that's sitting in class may have heard that before. And maybe they've got a definition for you. This is nuts. And this is the kinds of things that are, that are being taught. Uh, here's another uh, from, from the same curriculum. Uh, babies can't talk, so grown-ups make a guess by looking at their bodies. I mean, this is, these are quotes, folks. This is crazy deception. And, and, and this all started many years ago. Consider when Oprah um, had the first male pregnancy. Have you guys seen this one before? How many, who has not seen this before? Do you mind raising your hand? Okay. Um, guys, this was about 10... At roughly 10 to 13 years ago, probably. Um, do you know that science can do that now? That a man can have a baby? Is it shocking to you? Is this, is this disturbing to you? And it should be. Because look, he's got a beard and he's got a baby. How do those things, and a mustache... How do those two things go together? Well, even the elect may be deceived. This is not a, obviously not a male. This is a female who got pregnant, who took hormones to have a beard and a mustache and to cut her hair short and to dress like a guy. And Oprah walks up and says, oh, this is amazing. This is the stuff that, that you're being fed and we're being fed and subliminal things like that that just shock the conscience at times. Which I will say needs, this is why you need to be more and more aware of the truth and in the scripture to understand what truth really is. Uh, is there male and female? Is gender separate from, uh, from biology? Can a man have a baby? Aren't these things kind of ludicrous? How about something even maybe more ludicrous? Congress investigates UFOs and aliens. And, and you guys, did, how many of you guys have seen, uh, saw, saw or heard about the congressional testimony on the investigation of UFOs? A few of them? So a lot of you haven't. So I'm going to tell you that uh, these three gentlemen here uh, are, are, are men who um, were in the military uh, the gentleman in the middle was heading up the investigation. The gentleman on the right was a pilot who videoed an unidentified flying object. I think they call them UAPs now. The gentleman on the left as well is some military fella. And they testified when asked by this congresswoman, Massey, uh, the gentleman in the middle says the government has non-human biologics. What does that mean? That means effectively that 
supposedly, the government in its possession has non-human biologics of intelligent form. And there's more to it, but the, the reality of it is, is it's kind of crazy. The gentleman on the right said, the UFOs defied all laws of physics as we know them. President Obama recently came out, former President Obama, said, uh, yeah, there's things out there. We don't know what they are. And there's all sorts of statements like this. And, and, and keep your eyes alert and open and un to hear what is being said, but know the truth. What do you think it might be? Are, are, is there real, are there really UFOs? Do they exist? This, think about the scripture. Now, this sounds crazy. But think about what the scripture talks about because you're going to be deceived into believing things of, of this kind of nature. And, and you don't need to be deceived because, you know, there's, we live in a world of demons and, and spiritual forces of evil. There's a gentleman named Hugh Ross who is uh, fantastic. Yeah, he's an astrophysicist. You can look him up on, on the internet and you can watch him, and he, he addresses some of these things. Uh, I think his organization might be Reasons to Believe. Uh, not exactly sure, but, but a, you know, a, an apologist, and addresses these issues. Uh, fantastic. Um, and you can go get your answers, and you can see that there are answers. There are scriptural basis and answers for this type of thing. This is uh, nothing to be uh, afraid of, and nothing to think, oh my gosh, we're going to be invaded by aliens. Now, California in 2023 uh, kind of went a little crazy with us, and, and they passed a number of laws that were uh, pretty shocking, uh, shocking to the conscience. Uh, AB 571, it, it forces insurance companies to protect doctors from lawsuits even if they sterilize and mutilate the healthy body parts of gender-confused minors. So basically... Uh, a doctor who engages in surgery to uh, change, to attempt to change the sex of a minor, they can't be held uh, liable for malpractice. Uh, AB 230 requires public schools to stock free menstrual products in all grades three through five uh, bathrooms, including in at least one male restroom. Uh, AB 1078 remove local authority over LGBTQ and CRT books, critical race theory books, from school boards. So now the school boards don't have that discretion, theoretically, to be able to decide locally on this type of curriculum. Uh, AB 760 forces all kindergarten through 12 schools to have gender-neutral bathrooms. Uh, AB 5 uh, provides grants annually to indoctrinate teachers to affirm all LGBTQ identities and sexual behavior. It also trains teachers on how to identify parents who are not LGBTQ affirming. SB 407 requires all foster care families to commit to being affirming of all LGBTQ gender and sexual orientations and medical transitioning treatments. So you, as a parent, if you don't affirm ahead of time that you are willing to affirm one's LGBTQ status or, or identity, then you won't qualify to be a foster parent. State-sanctioned state kidnapping. This is just a brief description. AB 665 allows a counselor or counselor trainee to place a child as young as 12 years old in a residential shelter based on the child's okay, alone. This new law requires no parental consent or notification and no allegation of abuse is necessary before this can happen. So they can take your children based uh, if they're 12 years old or older and, and remove them from your care. Uh, I'm going to ask now Gina and Karen, if you guys wouldn't mind, come uh, make your way out here. Um, folks, uh, the scriptures that we, that we referenced are, are, are applicable to today. The love of so many has grown so cold against us, so grown so cold toward 
charitable love and actually wanting to do the right thing and, and, and wanting to keep people out of harm's way. And unfortunately, I'd say the church to a large degree has sat back, and not this church, but generally the church at large has sat back and just let it happen. And that's not what real love is about. And so today, uh, we're going to chat with these ladies about um, some of the things that they're working on and ways and how you might be able to get involved and, and be able to have an effect on your local community. All right. Alan, I'll just uh, let you come. By the way, uh, I think uh, we all have tables in the back um, where you can get information and newsletters. You can scan. Uh, well, I guess you can't scan it because it's not there. Um, Thank you very much. Um, well, first of all, let me introduce, uh, I'll introduce Karen first. Karen England is with the Capital Resource Institute. Karen has been a fighter longer than I have. Uh, that, I don't mean that. Am I old? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. But what Let's I do over. mean, when, when I first uh, got into the arena of law and constitutional work, uh, the Capital Resource Institute already existed, and Karen led that, and uh, based in Sacramento. And so Karen's going to be talking about some issues. Uh, she's a warrior for parents and trying to help protect their rights. Um, and uh, this here, Gina Gleason. Uh, Gina is a older than I am. Older is she? I would never. Are do we taking? That. Are we taking birth dates? <laughs> All right. So Gina uh, is, uh, runs an organization called Real Impact, uh, based out of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And, and Gina has been uh, uh, really significant in, in a lot of efforts uh, here in California where we've attempted to get uh, legislation reversed, getting ballots signed, um, all sorts of things. And really now a great focus on pastors and getting the church engaged. So I'm going to sit down, and, and I, I wanted to just chat a little bit with you guys to talk about, uh, again, how, how, does the, how does the church, how does this congregation get involved? And, and let's tell them a little bit about your, your work, Karen. Okay, so we've, we have been around a long time, Capital Resource Institute. We've been around for 37 years. I haven't been around that long. Um, I, I, I started out, I was a homeschool mom with a two-year fashion degree. Um, I recently have confessed that my American government in ninth grade, I got a D minus. Uh, so I was not someone that you would have thought God would, would be choosing to run an organization that helps write laws and testify against laws, but that God has a sense of humor and I get to see it every day. So our organization, we work primarily in the areas of parental rights, religious freedom, life and marriage and education and we do a lot at the state level but since COVID we've really transitioned to work a lot at the local level and to help parents and community members like the church reclaim their parental rights in the public arena and square whether it's your medical rights you know a lot of you go in and, and they want to take your your kid and do the the physical without you there and ask questions those kinds of things so we help we are a resource for families, for churches in those arenas. And we're going to talk quite a bit at lunch about how you can be an influence at your local school board and reclaim and take back your classroom, your schools. Because public schools also belong to Christian parents and Christian taxpayers. You know, there's this idea that all of a sudden, oh, you're a Christian, so your voice doesn't get to be heard. No, 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 no. My voice and tax dollars do get to be heard in the public sphere. And so we need to stop shying away from that and we need to start influencing our culture when we walk outside these doors. Karen, uh, I, I, I don't know if you, uh, you probably weren't paying attention, but I was talking about gaslighting earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm playing, you, I'm sure you heard me. But the, you know, we were talking about gaslighting and, and this new concept. And you know, this is a similar thing that we saw in Nazi Germany, if you just go look back mm -hmm. at history, where Nazi Germany comes in and, and blames uh, Jews for 
all sorts of horrific things and, and then kills them all. Right. You know, but, and, and Jews are, you know, this immoral, but they're the ones killing. The, the, yeah. the Hitler and his crew are killing all these folks. And then some of the things we saw there is that they, they would take parental rights away. Mm -hmm. And would say that, you know, they, would, they basically tried to divide parents and children in Nazi Germany. Um, and, you know, I can't help but to think that that same type of thing is going on today. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's at the state level. I mean, you talked about some of the legislation like 665. I mean, they're doing it at the state level. But where we're refocusing is at the local level, you have so much more influence. And, and I believe to reclaim things in California that it's going to be bottom up, not top down. And that to even make change in Sacramento is going to mean to make change here. But they're trying to divide parents from children as early as kindergarten and in the classroom and how the teacher understands you more than the parent does. And so that's why your local school board is so important and to go in and have policies that respect the role of parents and uh, because that's what they're doing. They're dividing, they want, you, they want your children to be able to transition without you knowing. They want to expose them to so much sexualization of your kids that are, that are going on, which we're gonna talk a lot about that. And they ga gaslight. I mean, I'm called a book banner and, and you know, oh, you wanna ban books. Well, then how come I can buy it on Amazon if it's banned? And secondly, what I wanna ban are the people who are pushing porn on our kids in school with our taxpayer dollars. That's who I want to ban. And I'm not gonna shy away from it or be gaslit into thinking we don't have Playboy in our schools. And I'm not gonna shy away from the fact that it doesn't belong in our schools. And I'll let the other side show how extreme they are in saying that, that they actually want our kids to have access to this stuff because they don't have access at home. A number of years ago, uh, we were here, myself and one of our lawyers, Netta Higuera, and we, we, we addressed, we act, some of you may recall if you were here, it was pretty shocking, uh, vulgar to say the least, in what we showed you. Um, it was almost embarrassing to be in a church on a Sunday morning sharing these things with, with you. Uh, images and pictures that, that they showed in, you know, character, things of that nature. And so um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous place and what's being, definitely what's happening in public schools. We know that parents are being gaslit by the left. We know that Students are being told to think on their own. Don't go to their parents because your parents won't understand. Uh, we care for you more than they care for you. It's, it's a lot of uh, craziness that's happening. It's so crazy that when I finish, I'll jump off stage to set up the stuff at the table because the books I have and information I have, I didn't want to put up without me out there because I don't want minors to access it. So we have the information. I've made it very specific to this community. And, and we want to help you get this stuff out. So we will have a table, and then we are going to talk in depth at the luncheon about the harm, the sexualization of our kids, and how we can protect their hearts and minds. Let me uh, go to Gina. All right, Gina. So um, tell us about, tell us a little bit about how your church affected, has affected the elections in uh, Chino, Chino Valley Unified School District, the, the city council races. Well, it's been a long time coming. It's taken years of work and um, the Lord opening doors to us, but we figured out a way to really influence our school district. And I think that what everyone needs to think about is that Washington, D.C. is so far away, we can't affect anything there. Even Sacramento is so far away. We can't affect our local school district. And so through the, through the years, we've done a few things that have made a difference so that we flipped our school district board leadership from very progressive people that we couldn't get rid of. Uh, Planned Parenthood funded, atheists, you name it, anti-God, um, leadership that were bringing policies to our local uh, families. But what we've done through the years is simple things. Voter registration every Sunday. Sometimes churches do it once a month, but we do voter registration every Sunday in our community. Uh, at election time, we create voter guides for school board and city council races. 
And now we pass out thousands and thousands of voter guides, whether it's a hard copy voter guide or it's online and people from the community get it. And it's simply sending out a questionnaire to the candidates on school board and city council races because most of the time you walk into an election not knowing where these people stand on some of the issues that you care about and are very important nowadays. So we have those questionnaires. And it's funny because the people that do not answer our questionnaires are the people that don't think like we do or have the values that we do. And it's the Christians that will typically answer. So you walk in to the ballot um, and, and vote on election day knowing exactly who you're voting for and what values they share. So that was really important. Then we started ballot collecting. Now, I'm one of those people that say, we need to get back to voting on the same day with paper and a pen, stop the machines, stop the month long of voting. I don't like it, but that's not the law. And if we don't step up and participate with what the law is doing, we're never going to have an opportunity to change any school board or any state office. So what happened was uh, there was a law passed in 2016 that says now you can ballot collect. That means that anyone can turn in your ballot for you. So what happened was the progressives started doing it and they totally flipped congressional seats, city council, school board races, and we were shocked a few days after election day and they finally counted everything to learn that we were just wiped out. And we had been working so hard all these years. So finally, Pastor Jack and I said, we better learn how to ballot collect. And so I wrote a manual, by the grace of God, the Lord's always done this, show me how to do things I've never done before. So we learned how to legally ballot collect so this last election, we collected over 13,000 mail ballots and turned them into four different counties, San Bernardino, Orange, Los Angeles, and Riverside counties. And why did we collect so many ballots, more than people that even attend our church? It's because the people trust the church. The people trust you. And so people would walk in with you know, a few ballots, and we would get these ballots and walk them into the county officials, into their offices, and make sure that the ballot got into the office. And so people love it. They drove to our church from all over Southern California to make sure that their ballot was going to be delivered. So with that said, all of that being done, we were able to flip our school board and get rid of incumbents that were so anti-God that Bob was even um, defending our school district because they, get, they got rid of invocations at our school board. We don't have invocations right now, but Bob is gonna be working on that again with our district to bring it back because now we have a majority of the five seats, there are three people in our on our board that are from our church. They are bringing policies <laughs> and the fourth is, uh, somewhat good and the other is a progressive but the point is is that we now have the votes so we brought in a policy and you may have heard Chino Valley in the news all the time because we brought this policy in that said that if your child is transitioning at the school parents need to be notified because sometimes parents just don't even know this is happening and schools schools are helping your children to transition, whether or not you know that. Karen's will talk about that more later. But we, we got good policies. We also got a policy that was voted in with this new board that said that if there's pornographic materials in the school library, we need to remove them. Now the thing about this, and, and one other, you can't fly um, flags other than the American flag and the state of California flag. No, none of the LGBT trans flags and safety stickers on the doors. The community that is not with us came out in protest. These people are not afraid to say, you book banners, those books belong in the schools. The kids need access to them. They're not afraid to say it any longer. 10 years ago, they would not have ever admitted it. But they're there in our conservative litter community. They're here too in your community. But if we get organized, not only in Chino Hills, not only in La Habra, but all over the state and all over the country, 
we will take back our school, take back our communities, take back our states, and protect our children. Yeah. <laughs> Tina, uh, you, you're uh, Harvard trained with management and political science, right? Right, exactly, Bob. Bob knows this. I'm a homeschool mom with a high school education. You know what the deal is? God called me. God called me to be concerned about what's going on with our kids. I do not have a legal background, political background, or any other type of background, except that I went to the Lord and I said, these things are happening, Lord. What do I do? Send me. And by the grace of God, I stepped into this ministry. It's going to be 19 years this May that I've been working for Pastor Jack. I started four years as a volunteer lay leader, and then he put me on staff. And by the grace of God, he has shown me how to do all of these things that we've done to influence not only our community, but the entire state with some of these. You know, I was the proponent on the co-ed bathroom petition. We were trying to stop co-ed bathrooms and the sports teams and all the overnight field trips with boys and girls in the same uh, bunk. Our church was behind that. And how does that happen? By the grace of God, he shows you when you're willing, you don't have to have the experience or the background. He's going to show you every step of the way. So when I wrote this manual on ballot collecting, which is uh, Bob wrote a letter in support of it, um, I didn't know the first thing about ballot collecting. But I've written a manual that I've been to Washington, D.C. talking about it. I'm going to be all over the state talking about it. God did that. He gets the glory for all of it. All we need to do is say, Lord, send me. That's what I'm saying to you. Get involved. Ask the Lord to send you. Well, uh, that, that kind of is the, the conclusion for, for now. And I hope uh, some of you, uh, if not all of you, will come back uh, to this luncheon that's happening. You'll be able to hear from both of them in greater detail. You know, people often come to me and they say, Bob, how can we get involved with you? And how can I volunteer? And how can I, you know, unfortunately being a lawyer, it's, it's kind of tough because what we do is lawyer stuff. And if you're not uh, lawyer trained or legally trained, it's sometimes there's not a whole lot that you can do. But uh, with, with our friends here, with Gina and Karen, they're gonna give you resources. And, uh, and I'm sure Randy, uh, there he is, come on out Randy. Uh, I, I'm sure that you guys are gonna be working a lot with Karen and Gina in the future for those of you who wanna get involved in the ministry. Um, let me come on, I'll just uh, close in prayer. And uh, Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this uh, opportunity to uh, come to this church, uh, this church that is active and engaged and I just pray that uh, we'll be a good resource for them. Lord, uh, I just pray that uh, the, the scripture would uh, ring uh, true and just help all of us to remember to be on the alert, to be prepared to know the truth. And God, I just pray that uh, your words uh, will not, I know they won't return void, but they'll stick in our, in our heads. And uh, Lord, just pray you bless this church here now and into the future. In Jesus' name.